This episode of the CMP podcast may contain language not suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to the CNP podcast special episode in honor of National Black HIV AIDS Awareness Day 2023. This episode was conceived by CNP's Narrative Justice Leadership Lab participants. So this is Pure, and I am here with my brother, Ben Robinson. And we wanted to take a little moment to the side to talk about media and entertainment and how representation in media and entertainment has affected how we see pleasure, specifically as Black queer men. Um, So first off, let's talk about our personal experiences. Um, Growing up, Ben, how did you see yourself or did you feel like you saw yourself in the media that you took in? No, I have always felt like I was like an outcast with certain things because I'm very outspoken and also like I'm kind of shy, but I'm also like at the base, I'm like a, a dork, like I'm like a nerd. So <laughs> it's not like it was back. You know what I'm saying? Like now you can be a nerd and everybody be like, oh, you so cool. You go against the grain. It wasn't like that back in the day. Right. If you were like everybody else, then you were the outcast. And I always felt that way. And you pile on to that being the black gay kid in like the 90s. It, it, it hits differently than it does now. So I guess I didn't really know what I was looking for as far as representation. When I found my voice as a writer is this one brother. His name is Omar Tyree. He's a writer out of Philadelphia. And he wrote the classic uh, tell Fly Girl. And he wrote this other book called Capital City. So I didn't really see myself as a, a Black writer until I read things that were more reflective of what I knew. But as like a Black gay kid, I would say that I could think, I could say now like the, the certain things that I watched, like the Golden Girls and like designing women and living single and shit like that. Of course, of course. That's definitely like, you know, now it's kind of like, all right, now I know why I was watching that. But back then, you just liked what you liked. But I think that anything that was, like, snarky, anything that, like, touted people that weren't necessarily part of the mainstream, I always gravitated towards them. And I think that has also been my um, trajectory in, in my life as an adult because it's like, I don't want to be like everybody else. I want to be mm-hmm. me, and I want to bring in the people that don't want to be like everybody else because there's so many followers, and I ain't never been a follower. I've never been a follower. So that's, I guess that's where I've found my solace in people that blaze their own trail and do things outside of the mainstream. So what I'm hearing is that we all have a little Julia Sugarbaker in our spirit. (laughs) (laughs) And that, honey, was the night the lights went out in (laughs) Georgia. Yes! Yes! Oh, oh man, that made me feel so good. Okay, so, so complete sidebar to the sidebar. Are you a, are you a Dorothy? Are you a Rose? Are you a Blanche? Are you a Sophia? Who are Honey, you? I'm Blanche. I'm Blanche all day. I Come took on, Blanche. Her life. I just was like, yo, she old, but she getting all the dick, and she's gorgeous. I want that life for me. So yeah, I'm Blanche. I'm Blanche Devereaux all day. All I day. love it. I'm here for it. <laughs> I know for me personally, when it comes to representation, um, 
I've always been a person who loved movies and TV um, and music, of course, music, because I am yes. a creator of music as well. Um, yes. But growing up in that same time period during the 90s um, was still very conservative in terms of what was presented in the mainstream. So mm -hmm. you started seeing, you know, the gay little sidekick pop up here and there, but it was usually a white guy. It's usually super flamboyant and there's nothing wrong mm -hmm. if you were either of those, but that's all you saw. He was there for comic relief. He was there to be, you know, the um, the the flamboyant designer with the big bow who came in to do the wedding or who came in to be the interior decorator. And I am an interior decorator. That's okay, though. Um, but, <laughs> you know, it wasn't, it definitely wasn't this broad swath of representation that we're getting now, uh, more so, which I really appreciate. Specifically, when we talk about music, um, you know, back in the day, you had outliers like a Sylvester who mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. didn't give a fuck. He was just, he, he came from black church. He sang hard. He did. He was, he, did. he had this big, bold presence and he was very obviously queer. Yes. Um, but then you had other artists um, who in their lifetime never exposed themselves or never exposed that part of themselves to the public, like mm -hmm. um, our dear Luther Vandross or even mm -hmm. Whitney Houston we're finding out, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. had the same sex mm -hmm. love in her life. And that was never publicly spoken on by those artists mm -hmm. because it would have um, denigrated what they were trying to build in True. terms of their superstardom at that time. True. Um, so I'm happy to see people like Tevin Campbell, who yeah. have now in this part of their lives stepped into their the fullness of who they are publicly. Yes, publicly. yes. I love that too. Um, um, you have to. Um, uh, one of my uh, greatest accomplishments as uh, a queer brother is that when I first came out, I was introduced to a bunch of brothers that were like older than me, and they all like took me under their wing and they told me about like some artists who were not allowed to be who they really wanted to be like they had the talent but they didn't have the backing or support to be you know queer like whatever like whatever it was whoever they were it was more about the image somebody's quote unquote alternative lifestyle i don't know what we call it now but like back in the day it was like alternative lifestyle so if you weren't part once again if you weren't part of the crowd then you were part of the problem which kicks it back to like you know this whole conversation is surrounded about around pleasure i'm sure as an artist you get pleasure singing about the things that you want to sing about creating the things that you want to create could you imagine if somebody told you nah pure you can't do this you gotta you know go get you a wife go have you some kids and you can't be who you want to be that probably would be soul crushing to you and imagine how that is like at a time when you couldn't do it, where there was no option. It was like you either are or you aren't. Like Yeah. You know, I absolutely I absolutely can imagine that because as a young kid growing up, I grew up with these archetypes, these very same people. I had no idea, you know, that they had any other feelings outside of being straight heterosexual people, because that was the narrative that was pushed in mm -hmm. our society in general, but specifically with their imaging. That's the narrative mm -hmm. that was pushed. Luther Vandross mm -hmm. sang love songs that husband and wife did what they did to, or they, uh -huh. they danced at their wedding to. So there was no inkling in my young mind that 
oh, he might have been feeling these feelings about a man. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's later on that you put these things together and it's like, oh, man, I can't imagine how it felt not to be able to to sing those songs to who you really meant, you know, toward yeah. or yeah. being able to express that in a more open manner. Um, so I know that for myself, I am grateful that we're in an era where we have more loud, outspoken, openly queer artists um, like Saucy Santana, like Little Nas yeah. X, yeah. like um, Sam Smith, who has now come out as non-binary even. Yeah. Um, it's amazing to see these things. And I still think there's space for more. There's space for pure to do what I do. <laughs> there's there's space for more of us to show up as we are because it, it will inspire the next generation and even encourage those of us who are here who have seen the transition, who were here before there was Wi-Fi, <laughs> you know, when we still had dial-up, um, but who have seen the transition in terms of media um, and who are happy that there are more reflections of who we are out there yeah. now. Yeah. I like that. I like that. Just representation in general is everything. But um, let's talk about now, what does pleasure look like for you? Just in the greater scheme and how old were you when you realized that the things that turned you on weren't necessarily what were touted as the mainstream? for brothers like ourselves. Hmm, okay. So, we we have to talk about porn cuz it's it's a real thing. Oh, um, do now. Do we, we I mean, listen, we gotta talk got to talk about it. Let's do it. Oh my gosh. We we not going to take too much time. But no, um, cuz I want to tell people I'm a business, but y'all know, y'all know we like to see, you know, people get a little naked and do what they do. It's very titillating and engaging. A lot um, naked. <laughs> but um I, I think i know for me that was part of my my sexual maturation and exploration from my teenage years until now you know there there's always that um or there has been that exploration through watching other people engage in what they do whether it be you know solo activities or with other partners or whatever, it's like, oh, that's interesting. What's that about? <laughs> oh, this person is hot. I think I like that type. <laughs> you know, that kind of situation. Um, I remember, oh my gosh, when I was a teenager, I would look up like, and this is, it's kind of, it's racist now, but Latino was one of my favorite search terms. Because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. it would kind of be like these light-skinned, hairy dudes. Mm -hmm. Um who was Poppy Chulo? Okay, yep. Yeah, I'm really telling on myself now. Yeah, he had a couple of great videos out there. Um, Tiger Tyson. Tiger Tiger. Come on, Tiger Tyson. Tiger Tyson. Shout out to them wherever they are. I don't know where they are, but I wish they were here because you know Tyson. Uh, no, 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 no. We don't need them right now. It's gonna take too long. But <laughs> but yeah, absolutely. I I think that's another form of representation as well, and just. Even how porn is received, it's now this mainstream thing. It's now this mm. um, self-monetized thing where you've got OnlyFans and you've got these mainstream artists starting OnlyFans and monetizing mm. their sexuality. Um, even that representation has come a long way. Um, what do you think, Ben? Um, well, I will say, because uh, I'm slightly older than you, like 
I would come across uh, the guys that would be in like the um, straight porn, and I would just be like looking at them. And it was normally like the brothers. It was, and I'm really dating myself now, but bear with me. Like straight dudes, Ron Hightower. Wow. Ray Victory. Rest in peace. Ray Victory. FM Bradley. Like all of these brothers. And then when I like finally got the courage to start looking at um, gay porn, Bobby. Bobby Blake. The CMP podcast is presented by CMP, also known as the Counter Narrative Project. CMP is a nonprofit with the mission to shift narratives about Black, gay, and queer men to change policy and improve lives. Check out our award-winning program, Revolutionary Health, on YouTube and our GLAAD Award-nominated digital publication, The Reckoning, at thereckoningmag.com. To stay connected to the work of CMP, join our mailing list at bit.ly forward slash join CMP tribe. Now, back to the show. There's such a stigma of shame that comes with being um, a part of the community. Now I want to say gay because gay is not encapsulating enough, just like everything that we have evolved to at this point. We're not allowed to experience pleasure. We're not allowed to really be people in totality. So a lot of times I will watch those scenes I, I, I'll be honest with you. Like, I bought my first tape. It was a bunch of dudes, like, doing, you know, doing solo performances. Mm-hmm. And after I watched the tape, I felt all this shame. It was like, I can't believe I watched that. Oh, God, this is horrible. So yeah. I yeah. took the tape and threw it in the sewer. Like, I'll never watch another one of those again. I'll never watch porn again. Oh, honey, that was dramatic. <laughs> <laughs> that was drama. Young. I was young, but you know what? That's that's what happens. Like, and I guess it's probably the same with like straight people. We live in a society that is fueled by sex, but the moment you talk about sex in a healthy way or a way where you can express yourself, it's kind of like, why are you talking about that? I, I don't understand. But they use sex to sell everything. So I want everybody to find what makes them happy, especially like in the realm of like sexuality. Like it's some people that don't they'll never know what it's like to feel joy and pleasure because they live for everybody else. Mm. So anything that brings them pleasure is kind of like it makes them feel bad because they're so busy serving everybody else. And I don't think anybody should live like that. I think you should find what makes you happy inside and outside of the bedroom and just go with that. And if that makes you like a member of the crowd that's not accepted, then fuck it. Like, just be that person because you ain't got to be like everybody else. Because everybody else want to be like everybody else and they suck. (laughs) Ben said that. (laughs) But yeah, no, I, th- I think it's an important part of self-knowledge. The, the key is knowing yourself in all aspects. So that includes um, what you find pleasurable, specifically when it comes to sex, like we're talking about now. But um, whatever you take pleasure in, I think that's an important key to knowing yourself, knowing what that is and being able to own that um, within your own safe space. But even within your your personal community, within your your society, uh, being able to own that is just really important. And media and entertainment continue to play a role in that because they ideally should reflect what our society looks like, ideally should reflect to ourselves who we are and who we want to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I hope that we continue to make progress in that regard. I think as long as we keep having conversations like this, 
it'll be um, very beneficial for everyone. And especially like for like the younger brothers and sisters, because I think that at the advent of social media and seeing certain things, it's almost like perfection is the goal. Nobody can be perfect though. But what they put out there, like think about your Instagram feed. Think about everybody you follow on Instagram. It's nothing, I mean, for me specifically, it's like, it's like a bunch of beautiful people having beautiful times and enjoying beautiful experiences. That's not life. You get your beautiful experiences. You get your opportunity to have fun and do all those things. But sometimes behind the scenes, behind those pictures, everything is a mess. But you won't share that ugliness with people because it's better to make people believe that I'm good. Everything is cool. Look at me. I got money. I got whips. I got bitches. I got niggas. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's not reality. But I think we resign to that reality because it's easier to accept that than to actually dive deeper into the human experience. So that's why I think finding things that are pleasurable for you are important and not pleasurable just because you want people to think you got it going on. Nobody got it going on all the time. And that's one of the biggest problems with the technology. Like that's how we get away from like the intimacy and connection and stuff like that, because everybody wants to be so perfect. There's no such thing as perfection. It's all, it's a a state of mind that is putting us in a different place in our human existence right now. And yeah, I just think that we need to be more real with ourselves and go after what we want and find joy. Wherever Mm -hmm. the joy is, just find the joy, please. We talked in our group earlier about the pleasure of connection, the pleasure of um, getting together as people, seeing other people happy and enjoying themselves. And you talked about intimacy, and I think that those two go hand in hand. Do you think that social media has been helpful in that regard or not so much? I think social media can help you find your people, but sometimes that realm of connectivity is not necessarily the thing that's the most important when it comes to showcasing what your life is like online. And I believe, um, I do believe that social media has taken us away from what it's like to actually connect with each other. Cause like, think about like hookup, hookup culture, like right now what it is, Mm -hmm. it's nothing new. You know what I'm saying? Like back in the day we had, um, before it became a, a cesspool of just Petri, just fuckery, we had Adam for Adam. It was cool. You know, you can meet somebody, you know what I'm saying? Like BGC, the chats at, I think it was go.com. I'm really dating myself right now, but like AOL, instant messenger, like Yahoo, whoa, instant messenger. Whoa, like that's what I'm saying. Whoa. Like prior to all the uh, hookup sites, like, it was a time where, like, if you told somebody you met somebody off the internet, they would look at you like, oh, you loser, you fucked up. And it's like, now it's like, nah, everybody wants to meet everybody without that connection. It's kind of like you look at a couple pretty pictures, and I can guarantee you, every dude got the same picture. It's one picture where they're smiling. It's the one picture where they're like, I'm looking away at some bullshit. The gym picture, the dressed up picture, the shirtless titty picture, like they all, it's the all the same shit. Any app you go You're on, right. You're you right. have to have those. And God forbid you're big, because if you give me this in every picture, 
people would just automatically assume, oh, you too fat for me to date. And it's like, that's pretty fucked up. Sometimes all you do is just take selfies. Sometimes you don't have somebody to take the full body picture. So it's almost like the full body picture is a requirement to have somebody talk to you. We are so regimented in what is acceptable that we don't even care about what it means to be connected. It's just about, do you have these requirements? Do I want to fuck you when I see you? And can we fuck soon? It's it's sad. It's really sad. And it just seems like it wasn't always like that. Like, we're men, you know what I'm saying? Like, we like what we like visually, but now it's kind of like the visual is the only thing. And if you don't pass the visual, then there is nothing else left besides, all right, you are right, but you know what I'm saying? Like, because you could be beautiful and still be fucked up on the inside. And then you yep. have these stories about people that are like, oh, I dated this one dude. He was good looking, but he was crazy. It's like, because you only cared about him being good looking. Mm-hmm. I mean, you get what you get. You know what I'm saying? Like, people are still people. You can't just rest on your laurels of somebody being beautiful because beauty fades. And so I think I think that ties back into media representation as well. What we see in film and television, um, I'm not going to call any names, but you see a lot of those beautiful faces, you know, the super fit gays represented in media. And that's wonderful. Yeah. Shout out to those hard bodies. Shout out to those ripped abs and tight, tight everythings. Yeah. We love y'all. Um <laughs> However, I think it's also important to see various body types. I think it's important to see um, the representation of people that don't spend all the time in the gym, um, that have low-key lives, that may not be as flamboyant, that may be more conservative, but are still living in their fullness, are still open about who they are. Um, I think that type of representation is super important. It is. It is. It's, de- it's um, definitely important for us to have like a complete encapsulation of our experiences because it's not just the 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 and you know I don't I don't want to um I don't want to make it seem like I'm pointing anybody out but it's normally like just the body boys you know the body boys encapsulate what it means to be gay for certain aspects. And that's across the board. That's not just in the black gay community. That's like in the gay community in general. Mm-hmm. You have to look a certain way. You have to do all of these things. And I can imagine what it's like to work out because you want to look good for everybody else. Because one of my homies, I told him, I was like, I want to lose weight. I want to like get tight. I want to like, you know, tone up because I want to look good in my clothes. And he was like, no, nah, you should do it because you want to be here longer. You should do it for health. And I think that's probably the most important way that you should attack your fitness goals because you want to be here longer. You want to be healthier. But it just seems like the vanity aspect is the most important part of the representation for some of us. And I'm sure that brings pleasure to some people, you know, knowing that I can put on this shirt, this super schmedium shirt, and my titties will be percolating and somebody wants to fuck. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, that brings pleasure to somebody, but... If you're not doing it for yourself, then ultimately you're only doing it because you know it's going to get you this one thing. And it's probably not even the thing that you want. So will you really be pleased in that aspect if you're getting something just because you think that's what everybody else wants? You should get what you want. You should do what you want. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And if that is liberating for you to get millions of likes, baby, I love it for you. Yeah. Um, But yeah, there's a limit to that. There's a limit to that sort of attention 
in adoration and it may not be the most fulfilling thing or as fulfilling as as people think it is yeah well ben i appreciate you man for for bringing all your honesty (laughs) to the building oh i I have enjoyed my time with you pure it's 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 always a good time with you absolutely you know we're gonna have a good time brother we're gonna have a good time (laughs) Thank you so much for tuning in to this special episode of the CNP Podcast. This series was produced by Johnny Ray Cornegay III, with production support from Brandon Nicholas, Christopher Sutton, and yours truly, Ben Robinson III. CNP is a nonprofit, and your support for our work is so much appreciated. To donate to CNP, visit thecounternarrative.org forward slash donation. Thank you so much.